Hi guys, welcome back to the LCK Fan Podcast where we talk about the meta League of Legends fans don't talk about. Before I start, I just want to say thank you so much for you who have been tuning in for the past couple of episodes and we'll work harder to produce quality content for you guys. So today we'll also have a full house for our discussion. So let's welcome back on Maxi and Ada. You're so late, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so do you want to tell the listeners how you've been doing so far, what what you've been up to? Maxi, you want to start first? Yeah, Um. the reason why I wasn't in the last episode was because I was going through finals. And boy, my eye bags got deeper and darker. So did you pass or did you not pass? I have a I have no grades below eighty percent, so I'm that that's good enough for me. Damn, eighty percent slow. In, in in that case, yeah. But I have no grade that's like line of seventy, so that I'm good enough. I'm good enough with that. So now you're you're free. Free from the chains of assignments and exams. Yeah, until next month. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Damn. you still have you still have a month. A month is good. Yeah, but you know, I'm taking the rest as much as I can. That's great. So, An, our advisor An is back. What have you been up to? Uh, like nothing much in real life. Just that I was kind of busy when we recorded the last episode. Otherwise, I'm okay. And my T1 hoodie arrived today. Oh, dang it. You have to. <laughs> so, basically, she did mention it. She posted it on Twitter a few hours ago. And we ordered on the same day. I, I believe we ordered it on the day where it opened. And I was yep. like, what? So I quickly checked my order and it's still in Hong Kong for some reason. But Anna actually got it already. So I'm like, the heck? We we gotta love T1 shipping. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. It's okay. Not- Let's get that clear. Let's get that clear. We love T1 membership shop shipping. Because T1 shop ain't doing such a good job. I don't oh. because my membership kit was free, but the um, delivery fee was eighty dollars, so I didn't get it. <laughs> eighty dollars! Oh gosh! Eight. It reminds me of how I waited for like wait. I ordered my I ordered my jersey, regular season jersey, March, then March, April, May, June, July. I, I waited four months for that jersey. Crazy. Like I had I, I kept emailing the shop. I was not getting any replies. For me to get one reply, I had to tweet and tag Joe. And Joe, like, I mean, like, I felt bad. So I immediately deleted it. But Joe still saw it. And he DM'd me. He's like, um, I contacted the e-commerce team for you. And then I got a, I got a reply back. Damn. Yeah. When I wanted to buy the regular season jersey, they had it sold out in Owner and Zeus. So I couldn't get any because I only wanted Owner or Zeus. Or maybe both. But... Mm. Like I ordered the XL for Gumayushi XL. I was supposed to get the two XL, but it was sold out. And then it took so long. Then I found out the they um they had stock for the two XL. But I was like, eh, that's too much. That's too much work. I'll just keep the XL. And luckily enough, it fit perfectly on me. Wait, on did you who whose whose jacket did you order? Okay, <laughs> I ordered uh owners. Long sleeve, half zip, uh, uniform, and Gumayoshi's hoodie, which Wait, is order- an idiot thing to do. You ordered two? Yeah, I ordered two, yeah. and it's an idiot thing to do. Okay, <laughs> let me explain before we go into our main topic, and of course, hearing from Ada as well. 
Okay, you know how owner wear his jackets and he's just putting his jackets over his shoulders? Yeah. I yeah, call it the owner cape thing and I wanted to replicate that. So I was supposed to order an owner hoodie and a Guma Yushi's uh, long sleeve uniform. But I ordered them the other way around. So I did an idiotly thing. Yeah, but that, that is the particular moment of advisor and not being so advisory. I have How about a question. I have wait, I have a question for An. What did what is yes. it like having a stable income? For real, dude. <laughs> I am a broke college this. student. No, but we are cutting this out of the broadcast, right? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm technically not a co- in college anymore, but my income is there is income, but it's not very, very stable. I'm working on it right now. Fair, fair, fair. I think the best thing is the freedom. I think the best thing is the freedom. Let me rephrase. What is it? What is it like having an income? Korea, <laughs> <laughs> dude, I want to know. Uh, you feel human. <laughs> you feel human. <laughs> I think, as I mentioned, the freedom is just uh, it's just good in general. Like I don't mm. have to be. I do have a budget and everything, but I don't have to be too careful about foods I would like to order or eat. I I have in disposable income that can allows me to buy merch and hobbyist uh, items, and I don't have a, to worry about not having a roof over my head. So like that's pretty much the freedom that I need. I can't wait to get a job. Same. I mean, that's practically all of us. We live under a roof and we live comfortably and everything. But budgeting, budgeting is important. Yeah. Yep, budgeting yeah. is important. Yeah, that's not Aid. bad. Okay. Ada, how about you? Ada? <laughs> uh, Maxi finished with her finals and my uh, school just started. And it's absolute, the absolute worst. Like, it didn't even start and we're already behind schedule. I don't understand how did that happen, but, like, it's a mess, dude. Like, I Aww. can't even... I, uh, I already finished a notebook, an 80-page notebook. I have a um, very important exam at the end of this year, the graduation exam, because I'm still in high school. So, like, they give us uh, so much material and we have to write it by hand. So, like, I already finished the notebook. Oh Why do you have to write by hand, though? Because uh, uh, we learn better when we write by hand, apparently. Oh, that's true. That's, that's true. That, that's true. That is very true. That's and what I'm my done. that's what my Filipino um, biology biology teacher in high school made us do. So he had a slide for like every single thing, and we had to write everything. So I finished like two notebooks of hundred pages for one semester. Gotta love Back the Filipinos. <laughs> yeah, but I, like it's annoying because school just started two weeks ago, and I already finished the notebook. I'm not rich. I like. Like, how can you, and they're not like, they don't give us slides. They, they tell you the lesson and you have to write it when they are telling it. Ooh. And it's horrendous. Uh, yeah. But, okay. Fighting. First, fighting. Fighting. But personally, I like handwritten notes solely because I'm a big sucker for uh, stationery. So I like using the pens that I bought, like making the most out of what I paid for. Dude, like, I have a pen, I just broke it, like, right now, and, like, this was the only pen that I have, 
and I have to go buy another one. But if you see my handwritten notes, they look terrible, horrendous. My calligraphy is ab the absolute worst. It looks ew. Just, but like yeah. yeah, using your pens or using using up like all of the ink of a pen is really fun. And I I have this thing. It I, I don't know. It started it started out when I was like in um middle school where I keep the pens that I use up. Like, if I have a pen that's, like, fully out of ink, I keep it. Because it's so rare. I keep losing pens. Uh, I do that, but, like, when I like the ink from a pen, but I don't like the shape of a pen, I just take out the ink from the pen and put it in my favorite shaped pen. Oh, yeah, I do and that. Like, I do that, too. My um, hand took... My hand got like it's not straight anymore because I hold onto the pen too tight and my finger just got crooked. Mm-hmm. So, like, but like, uh, what is I do that too with pens because, like, I found out recently the 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 ink cartridges for the the refills for Muji pens, Zebra Sarasa, and uh, Pentel Energel. Literally the same size, so you can like interchange the the refills with whatever pen body that you use. Stationery is so fun, guys! Oh my gosh! Well, that's yeah. Well, the only thing we can say to Ada is fighting. You can do fighting. it. Just a, just fighting. Just fighting. A few more weeks until the semester ends. What do you mean? I have all the way to June next year until my, oh, yeah, my year true. ends. And then I have the university admission. And I still don't know where I, I'm supposed to go to university. Oh, good luck. Good luck with uh, university Fighting. exams. Yep. Fighting. <laughs> all right. So the reason why we're all here, aside from, you know, catching up um, on our days and whatnot, it's because the quarterfinals is over. Woo! World is ending in two weeks. Oh my god! World Excited and bitter at the same weeks. time. Yeah. I'm, no I'm, content I'm, for like two months, three, two months. I'm excited for off-season streams, especially oh. Gumas, because of se- Gumas off-season streams always have Dovingi in them. I know I- you love him, but like, please. Would owner like do off season streams like from his house or from the streaming like place? Mm. Would he go home? No, I'll go home. Like you need you need rest. I I think he's the type owner spe- specifically. I feel like he's the type to just stay home because even in worlds right now he said that he doesn't go out much, which is like, dude, you're in America. Go go on and have fun. You're out of all places. Well, now they're in Atlanta, but like. New York, come on. He doesn't go out. Yeah, but like I heard that the food is bad. I don't know. I'm not American, so like I'm not going to. Uh, I heard it. I heard you have to go to like specific places to get really good food. Yeah, to go to specific places. Yeah, there are there are some legendary um, institutions in New York that you must go to, like the diners. uh, I think I think it's Cats. I forgot what's the name. Where you can get like salami and uh, brisket like sandwiches, which are I heard. Pastrami sandwiches, sorry, ah. which are really, really yeah. good. I, I would go, I would go there if I had the chance, but no. But then again, pastrami sandwich might not be their taste. So, I I, I watched a, a Try Guys video recently where um they just kept going around New York and whatever, and whenever they see a pizza place, they would buy one slice of pizza, and like 
um the the play from what I've seen when they uh when they were in the very tourist heavy areas the the food wasn't that good yeah, yeah it's always like that it's always yeah. the case with any place that you go to that's why um let's say I know Ann Ann lives in Singapore whenever I go to Singapore the first time I I only stay in orchard area. But now that I've been there a few more times, my local friends they told they told me to go, uh, somewhere else. Like now, well, this spot that I often go to is now touristy. I usually go to Newton, um, the hawker stalls. But I'm pretty sure I need to move on somewhere else after, um, I you know after a while, right, An? Yeah, the next time you are here, I'll bring you to a super good place. Yay! Always okay. trust the locals. Yes, always trust the local. All right, so moving back to our topic, sorry. <laughs> um, so quarterfinals is over, and we were treated to four banger of a series. So we got JDG versus Rogue, T1 versus RNG, uh, Damwon versus Genji, and DRX versus EDG. These four pairs are in completely opposite brackets, right? And there's a trend between these um, brackets. So the first bracket, which is e- uh, JDG Rogue and T1 RNG, they're all pretty dominant. JDG went 3-0 and T1 also went 3-0 against uh, Rogue and RNG, respectively. But then on the other hand, you get the LCK Civil War number one, which is Damwon Genji and DRX EDG. They all went to five games. So we get f- two silver scrapes in a row, which is like, if you're like me and you wake up at like 5 a.m. in the morning, you're like half asleep, but like half hype. So shall we talk about um, the best moments of these four matches? It doesn't have to be each match, but, you know, watching these match, what gets you hype? What's like, oh, I remember this. And... This match is just awesome when I when I remember this specific moment. Uh, Maxi, which what moments um of the match just completely blew you away? Don't have a super specific moment solely because like I was I literally just woke up. But uh, the the EDG DRX series because okay, I find it really funny how I was asleep during the first two games. And, like, EDG won those two games. But when I woke up and started watching the series, DRX had that reverse sweep. So, it, I call it the maxi buff. You're welcome, DRX. <laughs> Wait, what What do you mean? No, I, I find it coincidentally funny how they only started winning rounds when I started watching. You're, you're welcome, yeah. DRX. Yeah, the thing is, all right, in our in our cir- circle of friends, the four of us and a lot of other friends, we kind of believe in what they the so called jinx is. So like, if someone's asleep, this team is winning. If someone's awake, this team's losing, and vice versa. Oh, and have you showered or not? Or did you <laughs> have a good sleep or not? Or have you eaten or not? It's just like really really weird. It's especially like, the shower one. Um, the we shower have one. one friend. Yeah. We have, one, we have no. one friend. I'm not gonna name. I'm not gonna name them for like, um, you know, I don't wanna embarrass them. But like, for some reason, whenever they don't shower, T1 loses. So we make fun of them for that. So like, 
like no matter how busy they are, they kind of force themselves to take a shower just so T1 could win. Yeah, that's why every time this is this is a uh, regular season. So every time we had a watch party, we asked her, "Hey, have you showered?" And she's like, "Oh no, I'll go shower." Now. <laughs> yeah, like it could be like three minutes before the game actually starts, and she and she's like, "Wait, hold on, let me take a shower." And then there's one for me before uh, my jinx is that okay, don't follow my example. So sometimes T1 matches happen when I'm in the middle of my part-time work, but because it's not too busy, I can actually sneak glances at the side. But if I watch during work, T1 loses. So they're telling me, Yuna, don't watch, get away, out. Yeah, yeah, I remember that, I remember that. And And these, yeah, these days it's if I wake up in a feeling great, T1 wins. And these days I've been waking up great, even though I wake up too, you know, early at 5 a.m. in the morning. So who knows? And then um, an, a, a, one of the best example, one of the best worst examples ever is how um, I'm I w- I got busy in the middle of a T1 match, and when I when I was doing something, all of a sudden Guma got a pentakill. So I was like so mad at myself. I say, manifesting, T1 will get the pentakill. T1 will get the pe- pentakill. T1 will get the pentakill. But I wasn't specific. So it was their it was their match against Gen G. Oh yeah, that I series. <laughs> I hated <laughs> you so much. I'm that. sorry. I, that series had the pentakill, but it was Ruler's pentakill against T1. So people are like, yeah, T1 got the pentakill, but it was against them. So I was so mad at myself for that too. That I may I'll, I'll probably link it when we um post this podcast, but. I wrote this whole essay where it's just me manifesting a win. Uh, the the next T one match, I said they're gonna win. They're gonna win clean. It's uh two zero, and I want to see this and this and this and this. Not all of it um went uh came true because I wished for honor to play Master Yi, but like they still won two zero. So I I did my part. Some of y'all even wished for Faker to play Master E, which is ridiculous. It, it's funny though. I it's mean, funny. it's a regular season. Come yeah, on. Yeah, regular season. Anything can happen. Yeah. Also, the worst staring buff. Like, we had a friend who every time uh, she watched a match, we would lose, so it'd make her stare at the wall. Do you guys remember? I'm trying to it was. Also, the SBA. The LCK 3-0 day, she was there watching live, so it was probably uh, probably that's why we went 3-0. Wait, I think it is. Who is this again? Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's probably the worst yeah. debuff that we have yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have this friend, Honestly. We have this friend, and she was there, so I was like. Oh my gosh, she's watching. The tree all day happened because she was watching live. But when she was watching online, it went so well. No, no, no. Wait, wait, didn't she watch live when the T1 fanatic happened? When fanatic beats T1, she was watching. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, We're not going to name drop, but you know, shout out to you. But if you're listening, if you're listening, you know this is you. So <laughs> if I you're will active send, on I will Twitter, send you the link later. If you're Listen active on this. Twitter, you would know who this is. Yes, yes, yes. Because yes. everyone it, was so mad at her. 
Bad at them. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> All right, back to moments. Um, so we'll put our jinx aside. So I'm scared that our listeners will be like, "Hey, you better not do this when the match is coming this Sunday." So, um, Ada, what's your best moment of the quarterfinals matchups? Um, I want to give kudos to Deft for his mental strength during game two. I'd die. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay. every, uh, so. absolutely everyone watched, like, the backdoor, which failed. But then DRX absolutely reverse sweep ADG. Yeah. And we like, did not expect this to happen, actually. Yeah. If I was deaf, I would rolled on the floor and started crying or, like, pulling my hair out. Like, how could this happen? For real, I, I won't be able to have the same mental strength, like... Good job, dude. He did cry, but he not did cry. for a different reason. For a different yes. reason. He did cry, but he didn't cry in the middle of the match. He cried deservedly, I guess, if that's the word, at the end of the match when DRX actually won. I think they'd have to sub someone else in, like, if that would happen to me, because I'd be mental boomed. I'd go on a mental health break after that. Who knows? No, you know, I would go, I would go um, all chatting. <laughs> I'll make jokes in all chat if that happened to me. In the next round, I'll be like, hey, why did the chicken cross the road? Oh my god. <laughs> to not do a backdoor. You you took them by by different means. And that, that would be making jokes in all chat. But like uh, the only downside to to that strategy is they can easily mute you. Well, we all know we all know what happened when someone tried to do that, right? Someone was swimming home. Yeah. Yeah. And actually someone was I wonder... personality. I, I I wonder how they were swimming. Was it freestyle, backstroke, butterfly? <laughs> um I think now they could uh make that their personality instead of cheap trash talking. So real. Wait, so um real. before we continue, I'd like to like uh, comment Zeus because of that one that one Jace game that he had where he's like what 0-6 oh but had like the most damage one yeah, of the I most mean, damage I was like That's oh he died he died but then when they saw the graph and like he dealt the most damage so that he can actually uh deal pokes to the team so they can actually finish the team fights and I'm like good job good job yeah, good it's job the Korean Jace Korean Jace the zero he's so real for that so real and speaking of matches, right? Um, I'd also like to just commend the Damon Kia and Genji match. That entire five games, I think all of the casters, everyone's watching, all of the analysts mentioned it's almost like as epic as the SKT versus Rocks Tigers match in 2016. And I do agree, it it, it almost reached that level. It's not there. It's not as hype. Just because um, the, that 2016 matchup really had a lot of moments in each match. But it was a, it was a really, really like high-quality League of Legends. What do you think, An? Um, for me, right, I think I have shared this before, but I, I think that match is just mechanical perfections. So um, when we talk about... We have talked about DRX versus uh, ETC... And that match, story-wise, is like is one of the most story-filled match in recent years. So, 
and death winning is just a such a good anime ending. But when you talk about pick League of Legends esports and how the level of play is, Genji and DK is just playing at the level that is above and beyond. And that match is just really good in general. Like we have a showmaker pulling out the Swain and that is my highlight of that match. Even though they lost and then Chovy standing up against Showmaker and managing to managing to hold him out and then Peanut who was out jungle but still held it together so that uh Genji's bottom lane could do damage. So in a way, right, the back and forth of that match is just really good. And of course, uh, we have talked about uh, RNG and EDG. So for me, right, that match is can be quantified by how, how magnificent it is. Because here's a stat. It's the third overall reverse sweep by Sapphire Awards. And it's the first reverse sweep by an LCK team awards. It's the first time a fourth team has advanced to semi-finals and it's also the first time that DRX as an organization has advanced to semi-finals so that is a historical match even on paper so those are my two highlights and then when we talk about T1 and RNG I think it's just the T1 fan in us who who, who see that match and, and see that T1's forms has returned almost to the level of them being in springs, where uh, Gumayushi and Keria are just mechanical gods. So, like, I have three highlight match uh, in uh, in quarters, and uh, sorry, not sorry to JD JDG Rogue. That match didn't let much of expectation, right? Um, <laughs> JDG and Rogue, but even though I wanted Rogue to be able to take at least one game, but it didn't happen sadly. So it's only LCK and LPL teams left. And it's basically Rift Rivals. Actually. But like, I'm happy for Rogue, honestly, reaching quarters. Because I, I believe it's the first time reaching quarters. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, speak- and while we were talking about the Genji uh, DK game, I just... <laughs> Kany- I love Kanyon so much. So just, you know, that whole series. I- like, I like, I like Genji. I also like DK. So it was such a painful series for me because like i i wanted i i I really wanted uh wanted genji to win but i also wanted kanyu to win so it's so my heart is just you know broken either way you know at least they can say that they did their absolute best because they did one to five games and it's not it's not an easy feat to go to five games you know them you need you need the mental fortitude. You need enough like draft to last you five games. You need to be until uh you know untiltable. You need to play to your best like capabilities. You need to reach your ceiling at some point. And I believe for all of the teams that dropped out, um, I hope they regret nothing. You know, you did your best. Uh, regardless of what people say. And it's an achievement, and you should be proud of it. Cause in conclusion to those matchups, we finally had our four teams that will be up against each other for the semifinals. So the first matchup, of course, we expected it. We asked for this. JDG versus T1. 
And the second matchup is LCK Civil War number two, Genji versus DRX. Oh boy, are we in for a treat? I can't wait for this end of this week. I want to watch it soon. Why are, why do we still have how many more days? We have what? Four more days? Why do we still have four days? I do not understand. What do you think, girls? Well, I mean, it's to help the teams prepare for the for sem- semi-finals. I mean, it's so important. It's uh, It's like... What the most important like match matches because you know finals. Whoever whoever wins will will get to San Francisco. See that see that bridge. I forgot what you call the bridge. The San Francisco Bridge. The the Golden Bridge. Oh my gosh! I'm Golden not American. Gate? Please don't judge me. Golden Gate. Gate. <laughs> I'm not American. Please. Like you could call Atlanta a bridge. To go to the San Francisco Bridge, like the semis are the bridge to the finals, like make some stuff like that. Gotta love Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, looking at these two ma- um two matchups, right? JDG versus T1 and Genji versus DRX. Do you have any expectations? Like how how do you think they're gonna play? Uh, what kind of drafting? And maybe we can discuss our pickums a bit. Who do you think will make it to the finals in um San Francisco? I want Deft to win. I don't care how. I just want to see him in the finals. Like I love T1, but like, what what champions do you guys? What champion do you guys think Deft would choose for his world skin? Like he he's he has this he had this longevity, and I think he had so he has so many champions to pick from. I don't know. I just love him personally. If it was a Deft skin. I would want to see Jinx. We do not have a Jinx world skin yet. Maybe Kalista, but we already have a Kalista skin. So I feel, and we can't get Ophelios because we got Ophelios last year. So yeah. I, I, I'm hoping for a Jinx skin. I really want the world's Jinx skin. I want Beryl to get a Heimerdinger skin. <laughs> no, no, he, he's knowing, knowing Beryl, he's gonna get a female support champion and then like model it after one of his favorite anime characters or something maybe from genshin i don't know yeah he'll be he'll get like uh who could he get and then model it after raiden shogun make make ashi like ningguang because they Mm. both have white hair and they both like both like queens and like stuff what do you think Ann? uh basically when we talk about I go back to the semi-finals because we should talk about first and not jump to the finals yet. Um, when you talk about JDG and T1, right? Of course, my pick them is T1. So I think, right, stylistically, right, it's actually a really good matchup for both teams. When we talk about T1, right, what they have been showing this for is that they are snowballing from the bot lane. And no offense to Hope and Missing, but they are the weakest bot lane in semifinals. So stylistically, T1 matched well into JDG. So I actually have it in T1's favor. But at the same time, right, when we talk about JDG's identity and how they break two, it's through that team fighting. And then uh, when we talk about 369 and Kanabi, the only current. Uh, mechanical so-called top jungle, right, is Zeus and Owners. No offense to the other players as well, but they are just mechanically uh, 
mechanically, right? They have been proven so. Uh, if JDG get through T1, JDG can get through all the other teams through top and jungle as well. So it's it's a really good matchup. And we are so yeah. excited for this versus yeah. T6 Nine, right? We fight for the best uh, top laner in yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other two top laners are... I don't use the term weak side laners, but they are more flexible players who might be working in a more behind-the-scenes kind of compositions. So that is JDG and T1. And then when we talk about pick dumps for Gen.G versus DRX, right? My pick dump is Gen.G, but my heart goes to DRX. Because I think Gen.G matched into DRX very well in all positions. DRX has got to be on their pick form to be able to get through Genji because their match record so far throughout the whole year is not that good. But if that gets to finals and he plays again T1, that is the best storyline we could have that goes back all the way to Vegas and their high school days. <laughs> I'm dreaming about that. How about you guys? Like, what do you think about the Genji and DRX matchup? Because I think we have not talked about that a lot. Oh me? Okay. So like the bottling matchup is a uh, good in this bracket, but in um the other bracket, T one versus JDG, the top lane uh, matchup is really good. So it's like you know, if uh, the roles would have been um inversed and it was T one versus um DRX, I don't know how th that would have went. I think this is really, I don't know, good. I'm not sure. But, like, I'm excited. Definitely the key players for the DRX Genji matchup is Jungle and Bot Lane. Because we all know Peanut is a smart jungler. His pathing is unique. He knows the, the timing of ganks. He knows when to get objective. He knows how to vision control. And Pyoshik, as most LCK fans know, and a lot of casters and analysts have noted, he's very on and off in his performance. When he peaks, he really peaks, when, but when he doesn't peak, he's really, really weak. So he, as Ahn said, DRX needs to be at their best form coming into this matchup. But I do feel that Beryl, Dev and Beryl can go head-to-head -head with Ruler and Lehens is basically um, strong bot lane versus strong bot lanes and unique support picks versus unique support picks. So it's about who can uh, lane better, I guess, during the laning phase and how does that translate to the team fight, provided that uh, Peanut and Pyoshik perform their roles well. And as for the JDG and T1 matchup, this is what a lot of our um, we have so basically we have a lot of good friends who are league as expert as well. Shout out to you guys! It's gonna be down to I guess the top lane. So at this point, I guess we can say that we trust Gumayushi and Karia to control the bot lane well into Hope and Missing, but three six nine and Kanavi is where it's gonna get scary because Kanavi is also a carry smart jungler if you want to categorize it that way. In isolation, Zeus and 369 can go head-to-head -head by themselves, all right. But it's about whether owner can find 
a good pathing, whether he controls objective well, whether he can gank well, where to play to his advantages, that will be key. But Maxi, what do you think? Okay, with my pickups, I'm not really gonna say because like I have I found this new strategy. Because <laughs> um, okay, I didn't post anything about my pickups at all. And surprisingly, everything on my pickems for quarters was correct. So I got T1 correct. I, I got JDG correct. I got T1 correct. I got G and DRX. So my strategy right now is I'm not going to say anything because I'm not going to risk jinxing the, the teams that I pick. So I'm going to keep quiet. But I do see how I do see what you guys are uh are going at when it comes to how the matchups are like um i like okay i i believe it's not no none of the teams are gonna have a clean win like i i don't think there's gonna be a 3-0 because of how evenly matched they um both match uh both the uh, games would be so yeah instead we can talk about Picks that we want to see in the matches. So, what kind of champions and what mat- what counter matchups, I guess. Um, I can go first. So, I would like to see some new bot lane duo like Hidden Tech. Um, we know that um, all these four uh, supports are very, very creative. And Gumaishi and Kerry has been hinting to us that, oh, no one, no other team in Worlds can match to our champion pools so i'm really curious to what they've been preparing but then again barrel is barrel he knows how to stu- how to study these matchups and how to counter it and then lehens is lehens he got something up his sleeve so i'm really curious of what these bot lanes duo will prepare and how about you guys do you guys have something some picks to look forward to i i want to see guma's caitlin because it's been banned multiple times, I think in nearly every game that they had, this Caitlyn has been banned, and um, with Caria, because Caria also has like a lot of picks up his sleeve, so I would not be surprised if he suddenly picks like Silas support, like kind of like um, okay for context for the listeners, Ada once made a bingo for Caria where uh, he because he kept picking like off of meta picks so ada made the whole bingo of which champion carrier used in regular season so knowing how he was in regular season and how big his champion pool is i would not be surprised if he had something if he had the surprise for jdg support echo oh that's true oh my gosh maybe some mid tristana Maybe some Syndra, I don't know. I just I want to see more Syndra. But like Faker's mid Tristana, Chef's Kiss. I can't wait to see that. How about Faker's Master Yi? No, please, no. Just go in a corner and think about what you said. <laughs> For me, right? Because um, I have certain picks that I'm looking forward to. When we talk about possible matchup, I would love to see the Aatrox Fiora matchup between Zeus and 369. That is very likely. 
when we talk about more picks that I want to see, firstly, I agree with Maxi that we need to see Guma's Kaitlyn soon. It's turning into an urban myth. And um, other other than that, right? Um, since Pioshik played it, I also would love to see Owner's Kindred and see how he works that in because he has been playing Kindred in solo queue. And then we have talked about Barrow's really creative picks as well. And I really love the Ash during the quarterfinals. So I would love to see Barrow's Ash again. So those are some of my picks that I would like to see. And then when we talk about our bot lane, right? Uh, just anything really. I think they are going to surprise us. I want to see some hidden tech for bot lane. Like, there's a lot. I've been watching a lot of, um, I guess, you know, pro guides video or like um, playthrough videos in YouTube about, oh, non-meta picks, this and this in the bot lane, this and this in the bot lane. So like maybe our bot lane has been watching those videos or they've been trying some stuff that the analysts in-house analysts suggested to them so i really really want to see this and i i hate it when when our teams just keep their picks until the very last minute or just ended up not showing it at all when we know that they have something um prepared so now it's semi-finals you're a few games left till finals let's bring it out you know yeah um before we continue i'd like to say Whenever these sub these support players play a off off meta pick, say like carry a pick, uh, silo support, I want you and you're like, oh, that seems interesting. I want you to sit down and think to yourself, are you carrier? If no, don't do it in ranked. That's all. Uh, have mercy for your teammates in ranked. You know what's funny? I say that to my support all the time. <laughs> are you Garia? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, Ari support. I've done that before, honestly. Yeah. I mentioned it in the last episode too, but it didn't happen. So I'm going to mention it again until it happens. So, we have been talking about the semifinals. And I want to brag. Because this is something that will goes way back to the LCKs, the start of summer. Um, during the LCK summer opening press conference, the championship predictions was five, either five or six to Genji, uh, five or six to Damwon, uh, three to Genji, and only one to another team that I don't remember. But nobody predicted GRX to perform well this summer. And nobody, not that nobody, but a very few predicted that Genji would perform well this summer. But Advisor N saw through everything, and I tweeted in June that whoever is drinking the Kool-Aid that doesn't believe in those two bot lanes are, are really just delusional. And see where it leads us. We are in the worst semi-finals and we have Death Barrel versus Ruler Lehens. So that is a sound of me being yeah, right. I saw her QR Yay! I'm so proud of it. I'm so proud of it. I'm going to retweet that tweet every day. I mean, not every day, but before before we start semi-finals. So 
Um, I guess uh, that is what we want to talk about during the semi-finals. We have talked about the matchups and the picks itself. And uh, we, myself and Yuna, actually did have an interim conversations because um, there has been a lot of discussions about figures and their futures. And like older players in general. So uh, Yuna, yes. I guess that is our next session. It kind of came up as unsaid. A lot of casters, a lot of analysts, a lot of journalists, they see Faker and Dev in Worlds this year and they're like, oh, they're going to retire next year. Oh, it's Dev's last dance. And then there's also news of Yanko's leaving G2. And then people were questioning, oh, is he retiring or not? No, he's not retiring. He already confirmed it in a, in a video that he posted. So naturally, this topic sort of came up longevity in esports and how does a player stay relevant in the field so let's talk about that let's talk about how long does a player a pro player in esports usually stay in the field as a pro player so a lot of we we did a bit of research we did a bit of digging and a lot of articles agreed that an average um, career span of an esports player is around five years five to six years i guess and it's sort of true it's sort of in trend with a lot of the older pro players that we've seen that have played and retired so do you think five years is correct or did i just discount it too much oh and no it's actually longer okay i'll uh, i'll talk about my favorite 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 McLean, who is bang and wolf they really did last about five years because they started. Uh, they started the journey with T one in two thousand fourteen, two thousand fifteen, around that season. And by two thousand nineteen, right, Dev was in NA and his career was starting to go down. And then Wolf went. Uh, Wolf also went overseas and came back to Korea and decided to retire. And even though Bang career lasted until. I mean, his time in Africa Freaks, uh, it wasn't a very successful season. He was subbed out a lot, and then he decided to retire. So, uh, I mean, personally, best bot lane in the world, and they didn't even last that long compared to the older players that we are talking about. So that is for me. How about you, Maxi? Actually, he's trying to count in my head how long like specific players like retired players like how long their careers have been and it's i find it too short knowing that this is also an occupation it, it i find it like um esports has the capability of of a longer career but i guess a lot of factors just make it cut short thus the thus the term you know esports age where someone could be like 23, but that's already considered old. Okay, just just a stat that I remember I have posted before. So when we talk about LCK coaches, right, a significant number of them have uh, have entered the league being younger than Faker, as in the coaches are now younger than Faker. Okay, I'll give you a list. T1 Asper is the playing coach for T1, and he has not officially retired yet, and there are quite a lot of controversies around his position as a playing coach. 
but he is considered a coach in T1's uh, point of view. And he's born in 2000. And he's the current younger coach if you consider him a coach. T1 has Sky as well, who is younger than Faker. He's born in 1998. DRX Mowgli uh, is born in 1998. Pawn, our ex, our, one of our ex-pro is in LSB. He has been released. But he is also a coach and he's born in 1997. Along with him is Genji Musong and Hanwha Lai's key. The youngest one close to, uh, the oldest one close to Faker's age is Kwangdong Street Spirit, who is born two months later than Faker. So you have a total of seven coaches that are now younger than Faker. And that is how the, this generation is shaping out. They play for five, six years maybe, and then they are already stepping into other roles. Should we talk about like when they started and when they end? Because the reality is that career span is short because they only have so much time that they can play at their peak. And uh, like what age do they start playing? They start playing very early. Some of them play as soon as they are uh, when as soon as they are legally allowed to play, which is eighteen years old. So uh, I guess we can give some examples. Yuna, can you think of anyone? Hin Hin T One Hin Hin. We have we we do have to mention um our youngest right. Zeo started in training in the T1 Academy system. I think he was around fifteen. I can't remember. I think it's around that age. And then he trained for a couple of years. And then as soon as he became um legal of age in Korea, which is seventeen internationally. No, I think no. I think it is seventeen Korean age that you're able to join the LCK stage. Um, he's added into the main roster, although as a sub. And now he's, what, 18, 19 as well? And he's playing as a starter. So if you want to put it an, an, as an average, a pro player can start playing as soon as they're, I guess, depending on the country, you're legal. So it's 18 in most countries. If 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 I'm correct, though. Am I correct? Yeah, like, peanut is a really young player when he started. He was the youngest in most of the roster during the beginning of his career. And now he's oldest. But he's older as 1998. He's only 24 years old. So we can tell like how young they started and how how long they last in a sense. Like most of them started because they are really high on the ranking or they are diamond players, master players who are looking into playing professionally and training with teams. So you have to be young because it's not a requisite, but teams do look into younger players. So like Maxi, do you have like when we have talked about younger players, so what is your opinion, right? They start really young oh, okay. to me. Because when Yuna mentioned like starting age, it starts at 17, but like Zeus was, was already part of the roster, but he wasn't legally old enough to play yet. I mean, his birthday is January, so they had to wait until his birthday just so he could start playing in LCK. I, I believe you remember that... Um, that announcement T1 had that how it, they're like, oh, Zeus is old enough to play in LCK, so he'll be playing in this game. And then, like, I believe it majority, I think all 
uh, region starting age for their players is 17 because going back to, like, if you look at LCS, you have Jojo Pion who started at 17 and, and he was, like, pretty much the youngest in the whole region. I don't know. I find it a, a bit concerning-ish how they would start so young because, you know, it's such a it's such a demanding, I guess, industry in a way. And you're starting a career in an industry at that age. And so, like, it takes a lot mentally just to even start as a player. That, that's my take on, like, the age thing. What do you think? Is it alright for, I guess, kids, right, to start their pro player journey super early? I feel like it's not because they're still developing their mind can be like easily influenced like in bad ways or like it can take it to learn their mental health. Like look at Danny. He played like what, two seasons? Three? I'm not sure. I just got into LCS in spring. But like he played for like one and a half years. Yeah, he started and he's, summer last year. Yeah, and he's already on a mental health break. I like it's so mentally demanding, um, and also you have to take into consideration the hate you'd get as a pro player, and like it hurts as a kid to see stuff like that said about you. I don't know. I believe that with players starting that young organizations have to prioritize their mental health so like say a seven like 17 year olds can't handle pressure that well i couldn't handle that 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 much pressure at that age so i feel like organizations have to like invest in like counselors or or like staff members who would be there and like who would be there for them for their mental health just to keep them in check because like it, yeah like what i said it's such a demanding career so they need they they need uh i don't know therapists or something like that just counselors who will just be there be there for them cuz like it's one thing to be like mentally uh, it's one thing to be physically healthy but men- if you're like at the mental breaking point it, it's somewhat like a point to a point of no return all right so let's keep that point a bit later because we will talk about it yeah so we have established um how young you start your career and probably about how long you start your career so we can we can assume that these kids they started going super early into their career by in lck they do attend something called an academy it's a system that um lck organization has so it's a bit like a what do you call it like an after school institution so if if a lot of you are familiar after school you'll probably have like english institute um english extra lessons or like extra general lessons math lessons so i wonder in lck there is the academy system and do you guys think it's a really good way to get into this career is it the most effective way to do it so i'm not sure but like the majority of regions has like went into into this thing of having an academy i think it's an interesting take to find new talent but 
like and help them develop but you can't build someone like take someone with general league knowledge like me to say that and like shape them into a player you can do that like it, the player already has to know more than the basics to be i don't know a player i guess it comes down to the fact that there are two types of players personally for me who are either the hardworking type or the prodigy type but because for me right we talk about how early they start so those who started early is because the organizations already has eye of them because of whatever reason they are prodigies they are famous on the solo queues so what happens very frequently with them is that the academy snap them up they go through training some go only a few months up to a year and then they get pushed to the roster if they are really promising and they have been trained in more macro aspect of the game so take for example our lovely owner he's considered in 2020 as a t1 free pass so he's he started in 2020 and it took him only a few months to be promoted into the main rosters. Uh, so that is the prodigal type. As opposed to Asper, I guess. Because Asper has been playing in challenges for a while. He played the whole of 2021 before being promoted to the main roster. But not in his capacity as a player, but more like a strategic eye another strategic eye and the six men so there are two types of players i guess i think it's also there is also a very big difference between the eastern and the western league because of the sheer fact that they have different player base in the west right league is not getting any more popular so their players base is small so you once the talent is there Age doesn't matter. Some start very young, like Jojo Pia. But some some of the players, right, they start being promoted to the main roster of 2021. Meanwhile, right, because of the the sheer size of the Korean and Chinese player base, they can afford to get a very young trainees, train them up, see who has potential before they push them up to the main roster. So I see it as one of the reasons why they start very young as well. And then if they do really well, they start in the main roster young. I guess, I mean, we talk about starting age. So if they started at around 17, 18, right? They would usually spend five years with the league. And then, I mean, give or take a year that they would see some slum in their place when they hold out for their careers but they retire and they they do have to retire at any point and according to what we have we have researched on right we all agree that the average when they are retiring is at about 25 so between five to seven years of play time what do you guys think about that because they start young and they also retire very young at 25 Death of Faker at 26 is already considered an anomaly in Korea scene. There's more anomaly um, which in LEC because of a lot of other factors which we will, we will go into. So we do see a lot of players 
retiring around their mid twenties, mid twenties, um, not reaching thirty. So that's so that's like as you said, twenty five, twenty six, with a few exceptions. And I feel like it's a bit in a common world standard. It's a bit unfair and it's a bit weird because you're retiring from your job at twenty five. If you put it in a normal work context, you're either really rich or you just couldn't. Uh, you're just not good at your work. But for an esports standard, twenty five is actually really, really old because you have to consider your mechanical prowess, your meta read, your fitness to the meta, actually, and your macro knowledge as well. So I guess twenty five is an expected age to retire. But if I'm a player. And I'm forced to retire at 25 because you know I'm unwanted, and because of all these factors, I'll be pretty disappointed, you know. I like you mentioned meta. I, I I feel like with any type of career, I feel like at some point a lot of people would feel would retire due to burnout. So I I think that's like one one point to remember because of the constant meta changes and like. The constant changes with gameplay, meta, and all that. I feel like it, it burnout is like playing for five years, and then having to deal with these constant changes. I an early retirement is also not that surprising because yeah, burnout. Mention burnout as one of the reasons of retirement. Uh, should we mention any other? Reasons why a pro player would retire so early? Uh, an example. Yeah, an example. I guess for that injuries. Huni injuries. Uh, he retired this year mainly because of a wrist injury. Bang had a back injury as well. I can't remember. Am I correct? Uzi has an injury as well. Doesn't Deft have an injury at the moment? I remember he. I remember. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dev has a back injury. I guess Man- Maxi has mentioned stress-related, so there's physical injuries. And I think there is one other example, but it's only unique to um, LCK alone. Anne, would you like to elaborate on this? Because you brought this topic up a few times in our discussions. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we have to talk about the elephant in the room, which is military enlistment and is unique to Korea. So, um, as we know, the originating point of this topic was that uh, a lot of people are mentioning his death last dance because of his his upcoming enlistment. And some also talk about the fact that Faker might retire because of his military enlistment and for multiple other reasons as well. First of all, I would like to put it on record that any speculations that you are currently seeing about Faker's enlistment, right? It's just speculations. There has been no official news coming out from Faker's or his uh, official representative, his family is regarding his enlistment. So whichever news you see, please don't trust it 100%. Take it with a grain of salt. And... Since we are on the topic of enlistment, right, I can think of a most recent example of a player being forced to retire because of the military. Who is Khan? Khan had to retire after his 
one season because of his upcoming military enlistment. But it's very volatile and he only went, I guess, as of the time of this podcast being recorded. Because we have only seen his uh, photo of him with his head shaved today. So he spent the whole year without being able to play league because of the volatile nature of military enlistment. Military enlistment in Korea now lasts for eight, between 18 to 24 months. Uh, there are active military enlistment as well as public service. But no matter which positions you are in, uh, Korea, the Korean government considers that as your first and foremost duty. So you're not allowed to hold any other job other than your military duty. And that is why that if the time comes or if the age your reach your age has reached certain points you really do have to go so uh we have have to send a lot of pros to the military so i guess uh who do we want to talk about i mean i have talked about khan and it's really regretful that he spent a whole 10 months not playing and he only went now mm. what do you think maxi I can't think of anything right now. This is in the military. Untara is in the military. Yeah, he is. Uh, Coach Rigby from... Yeah, GBM's in the military. Uh, GBM is in the military. Uh, Coach Rigby, who is the... Not the head coach. coach. He's the drafting coach for... Um, he he eventually became head coach in, in summer. Okay. Uh, Coach Rigby. Uh, he, uh, so Rigby has also resigned from Evil Geniuses because he has to serve his... Um, uh, in the military and I think that's all that we that we know to be enlisting or have enli- recently enlisted in the military soon I guess it's not Khan's case uh, kind of extreme in the sense that he had to stop because of his military enlistment but when it comes to Korean players right a lot of them when it comes to the time that they are looking to enlist, right, they have already somewhat know and concluded their career before they have to go. Uh, for example, we talk about uh, we we talk about score, and we talk about uh, score was kind of an extreme case as well. And who else? Uh, let me think of someone else. Okay, uh, like, uh, Flame also retired, but not because of the fact that he, uh, not because of the fact that he has to go to the military because his case was a special exemption, but he also retired at an age where he was expected to go and he was waiting for it, but he got his exemptions to something special called long waiting exemptions, and it applies to a very small portion, so he was expected to go. And uh, military enlistment, right? Uh, in the end, right? Going back to our original point, we are mentioning this because of fakers and death. And death has confirmed that his military enlistment was only postponed because of the fact that he has a back injury and he needs to get that treated before he goes. So that is the reason why that we are not 
in not witnessing his last dance yet. I know a lot of people are mentioning his last dance, but because of the fact that uh, he mentioned a the beginning of the year that he might have to go after this season. But DRX has confirmed that he is delaying it because of his injury. So we could have almost lost Death next season because he has But to go to the Technically, it's not his last dance yet. And yes, mm, so that is why the dance, dance lasts. Not last dance, just not dance. last dance. Still dancing. Still dancing. Do the cha-cha. So, uh, I guess we talk about the military thing for a bit because we wanted to, uh, we wanted to get some information out there and assure everyone that we do have cases like Khan where we lost them to military, but it's not it for death or faker yet. I mean, I see more reasons when people resign, like for example, bank. Who is no longer playing at their pick, and that is uh, not keeping up with the meta, not as mechanically, uh, not as mechanically fast as they used to be, which is what we have already discussed. But there are exceptions. There are exceptions that we are seeing today. So I guess everyone, everyone has got like a few they have got in mind. Uh. Ada, we haven't heard from you in a while. So, like exceptions to the rules, uh, we have talked about the rules a lot. But which older players are you seeing? Are you seeing and loving that you are getting Faker, to see them play a lot? Faker, and I hope he will play until he's forty. Like, uh, we talked about the military enlistment and stuff. Like, Faker isn't even that old. I think personally, <clears throat> like, I. Uh, the deadline is like maybe twenty eight thirty, from what I understood. If you have an extension, but like I feel like he has this spirit. Like he plays league because he loves league, and we love to see that. When stuff like burnout doesn't interfere with your career, you can have a very long and happy career if you enjoy what you're doing. And I hope Faker will forever enjoy League of Legends. Speaking of old people and grandpa, right? Why is no one mentioning Yankos? Why is no one mentioning Afro Moo? Why is no one mentioning Impact? Core JJ. Okay, but a special mention to Afro Moo because he's thirty. That that that's like um high. That's like the highest we have so far, I believe. Cause no other player is thirty. Isn't Utapon thirty or Evi? Isn't he just in his twenties? Isn't Utapon just in his twenties? But he's old for league standard though. Yeah, but like not Afromu old. No offense, <laughs> Afromu. Yeah, so there are exceptions to I guess this issue of career longevity in League of Legends. So we mentioned all these. Sorry, we mentioned all these players. What do you think is the secret to their career longevity? The love for what they do, as I said with Faker, like if you love your specific career, you're bound to have longevity in it. The more you enjoy what you're doing, the more you're gonna. When it comes to, it. to longevity, right? I compare esports to tennis. Okay, 
in tennis, right, you know that they have like have been having a top three, top top three for the last ten years. I correlate because of the fact that we are seeing the first generation of older players who are keeping up with the time in Afro move, in impact, in faker, in depth, in Evi and Yutapon. You know why? My belief is that because they have minimal health issue, even though we mentioned death injury, they there are more teams now in the ecosystem who are looking to take care of their players. They have dietitians, they have health coaches, they have therapists that are helping them keep up mentally and physically. And it was the same issues happening to sport and tennis in the early twenty up until the early two thousands. But with the advance of health science, uh, the issue has become less. And the god of tennis, love you, Roger Federer, has only recently retired. Like he's, uh, he's retiring in his forties. And I think because of the fact that esport was a younger sport, the health science has not developed so well yet during earlier time. So we see players retire very early, and now that it is developing, we see players retire much later because they have very minimal health issues. And uh, like like we mentioned, I guess is uh, the consistency of their play and how they love play and they keep up with the game and they keep playing, like what Ada mentions. Another one for um, another one. I think Maxi have mentioned this as well. A lot in our private conversation, actually. Uh, I, I have a strong, like I have a feeling a lot, a lot of players stay in esports as players solely because, uh, like, for income. Like at the end of the day, no matter what they're doing, it's still a job. So if they like, if they don't want to coach, they don't want to be an analyst, they don't want to stream, they're gonna stick to being a player because you know. It it it's a paying job. It it brings food to the table, so I guess that's like one reason that why they'd like to stay. Yeah, but Maxi, I think you mentioned this to me for a brand value of a player. Oh, brand value. Okay. Um, with brand value too, it's like like a a good good example is Yankos, because with when. When organizations hire players, you don't just get the player and their skill. Nowadays, you don't just get for you don't just get it for their skill, but you also bring in their fan base, their fan their fan base and their and their branding because like it brings more money in. Because I have this personal belief that no matter the moment you start playing in the league. You're already a public figure, so as no like whether you like it or not, you have to start developing your own branding because that's what keeps the job. So like, best example is Faker because they besides the fact that he's one of the uh he's one of the best players in terms of mechanics and all. Um, he also has that branding too. Orga- it's also like organizations pushing players to keep playing solely because like it's benef- it would be beneficial for both of them, I guess. I feel like a player only lasts long if a team wants them. 
if a team yeah. needs them. If no one wants you, regardless of your mechanical prowess and whether you're healthy or not, if no one wants you, you're not going to stay in the field for that long because how are you going to advance your career if you have no organization who wants to work with you? You can work in other fields, but that's not pro player specific. That's yeah. gaming specific, but it's not pro player specific. So brand value is extremely important, as we discussed a bit earlier. Either way, you become a personality, mm-hmm. and you're kind of responsible in building that public personality as well. We touch a bit on, you know, reaching into other fields in pro play. So let's say a pro player did decide to retire and they still want to stay in this specific field. What are the options that they are presented with? And are you there? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You yeah, guys yeah. are letting me talk about Banky now. Prime <laughs> example. Prime example. Yeah, so. So, prime example, I guess. Um, so, our lovely, lovely, I love you, Banky, is currently, is currently coaching for T1. He's the interim head coach. I guess he's one of, he's one of the many ex-pro players that are exploring coaching. And he's one of the more prominent and successful face, just because of the fact that he's a T1. But anyway, right, uh, we talk about Bengi, who is a coach. We also talk about, uh, when I talk about the coach, when we talk about coaches that have retired and uh, in the SK who are younger than Faker, most of them are ex-pros. Like, for example, Mowgli, for example, Pawn, for example, Sky. So those are the players who are coaching, ex-pros who are coaching. But I do see, like, for example, we have a lot of, personalities because of the fact that their brand value is very high they have pivoted into uh streaming and content creation as well like my example wolf my lovely uh youtuber streamers uh i think there are even more example in the west as well when it comes to like content creators and streamers maxi mm. who can you think of a best example of bro double lift sneaky Ever since they retired, they started just streaming, and I, I I think they got more popular now that they're just uh streamers. But I wanted to mention how I found out about this. I'm not sure if it if it also happens in other regions, but I found out there are ex pros in LCS. Like the when they retire, they go to college. A major that they usually take is computer science, I believe. I I can't think of an example at the moment, but I do remember like checking like an ex pro like oh what's he doing? Then all of a sudden oh he's in class, he's in class. So I I think that's also another option for ex pros, uh, for pros after they retire. So it's like uh you not just relying on uh working in the esports industry. I think that you touch a bit on streaming right that also relates to content creation not streaming per se merely uh producing content that the fans can watch aka youtube videos or even just contents that even the official broadcast can use for example in the lck uh, we mentioned this um, in the previous episode doc 
Dog tongues? It's actually doctor tongues, but it's shortened to dog tongues. Is uh, it's a short episode consisted of four ex players who have now retired and are now going into streaming or casting. And we can also mention casting after this as well. And they band together to create an episode in relation to the LCK. Nuclear as well, who was uh, Damon Gaming, not Damon Kia. This is uh, before the sponsorship. Who was Damon Gaming's uh, ADC back in 2019 forward uh, as well. He also had a short program in the LCK. It's called Nuclear. Is it Nuclear House? Yeah, yeah. The one where he lived in yeah, Lowell yeah. Park. He lived he li- he live in Lowell Park. It's so funny as well. So yeah, those are something that the LCK pros tend to go for. I have to say, LCK always do a really good job with these type of contents. And the other one that I touch upon is casting and analysts. Surprisingly, not a lot of pros have touched on this field. There are only a few that we've seen um, is working on desk so far people like Kedrol and then there's also Cloud Templar who's a play-by-play caster and all of the other LCK former LCK players are currently on analyst desk um, such as Kuro, Gorilla, they're in the military now we see Lyra, Nuclear sometimes guested as well so there are ways that these pro players can still stay relevant in the field even if they're not playing anymore I remember watching a video. Um, out uh, there, pro player, not in League of Legends. I forgot which which game they played, but they started being a caster because, like, from what I remember, they like they wanted to improve the casting for the game, so he himself became a caster and became one of the best casters of that of of that league. So I guess with with ex pros becoming analysts coaches uh casters it's like they're bringing what they believe like they're using their experience into the rest of the rest of the esports and con and like using their experience they're doing their best in improving the league if that makes sense (laughs) i guess what we are looking at is a lot of explores because of the fact that they started very young. Some of them never completed their educations. A lot of them have passion for the games, but for whatever reason, they are not keeping up with the competitive aspect of it anymore. They go into like more peripheral uh, contents, creations, and other aspects of the game. But all the pros who have been in league esports and in esports in general they do love the game that's why they are able to be competitive and compete in the game it's really just about the fact that we really do appreciate uh, what they have been doing and which cheers on especially for our players with longevity such as our GOAT, Faker, uh, Dev who both of them who are competing in worse semis and shout out to impact for being like such a rock for eg and other players as well who have been moving the game forward in their in their respective positions so like just applause to all of them 
And I guess since we are on the topic of like older players or retired players, we can each choose a favorite player to talk about. And like when Yuna started this topic, this is what I'm looking forward to the most because I need to talk to Bengi. All right. So yeah, like let me talk about Bengi. Let me talk about my friend because firstly, when we we talk about careers, right? Uh, Bengi is one of the only two players in the world, together with our vote, who has three championship belts. Okay, and I understand the fact that he has not been the perfect mechanical player, or the fact that he ended his playing career well. But put some freaking respect on the name. <laughs> He's a three times world champion, and and like, why is he not in the top in the contentions for God jungler he is so that is the first point that i want to talk about when it comes to bangi is that he's just really underrated in general even for in general i guess and bangi has proven time and time again that in high risk situation he himself as a player has achieved the impossible that uh other than faker nobody has achieved and when we talk about his uh when we talk about his him coming back and coaching T1, right? We know how extremely precious uh, the T1 staff and staff and coaching staff can be because of the poor fact that is SKT T1. So I really appreciate that he's stepping up this world to coach the team, and we have seen improvements compared to what they have been doing since spring. I mean, hottest hottest coach on the field right now. Yay, 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 I love you. He, just in general, right, I appreciate the fact that he has been such a rock for T1 through so many years. And now that he has come back and he is blessing us with, like, good band picks and great looks on the stage. Sorry! <laughs> and, like, just in general, he's someone I just really look up to. Uh, and if you know me, I'm the representative Bengi Sim on Twitter right now. I mean, like I have a very, very long thread about Bengi and his coaching journey, starting from challenges until now. And I just love him so much, man. I, what can you ask for more in a man? What can you ask for more in a coach? Uh, physically, mentally, career-wise. Being the first person to win a championship as a player and a coach this year, maybe. Uh, so uh, I guess all all my love for Maggie he has been my favorite for so long, and we have talked about his military enlistment. And just for the record, it wasn't really <laughs> during the time that he is in the military. So. Uh, I sympathize to all the fans of the players who are going into the military. Maxi, what about you? Ready to talk about your favorite mm. player? Favorite extra favorite, player? Uh, honestly, my favorite, like, old... He's not that old, honestly. He's, like, what, three years older than me? But he's, like, esports old. Teddy. I, I love Teddy. Like, he's one of my favorite ADCs. Like, when I first started getting into into esports he was like one of the first ADCs that really caught my eye 
eventually it was it was Guma, but like this this isn't about Guma right now. That hurt me. Oh, <laughs> um, I, I love Teddy. He's he's one of the best ADCs, and his like he he has such a cute personality. I'm not like the best person to talk about him because like his his fans on Twitter they keep crying about him. I I I it's so like I I love. I love Teddy and his fans. Teddy's fans are like, oh my god, Teddy! Like every time there's like a single crumb about Teddy, and he, you know, I, I I'm sorry, I'm at a loss of words. He's he's I, I love him. I love him. I hope he, I hope he's doing well, and like he gets out of Elo hell. I just want to see him do like. His best and like he he's already doing his best, but I want like to I want him doing his best and like he's rewarded for doing his best. You 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 get what I mean? Uh. Um. To be honest, I already talked from my undying love for the unkillable demon king, but I love Faker so much. Like I can't imagine RCK without Faker. I hope after he retires many many years from now he'll go like into casting or something coaching like i can't live knowing that it's very possible that faker doesn't want to get into like casting and stuff coaching after he retires because i heard that he invested in quite some stuff and i think after he after he retires um he is going to like go into this business like he has his um investments and stuff like he may not want to go into coaching because he already has he already has a stable income from that stuff but i hope we will never see uh lck world without faker yeah definitely when i wrote this segment the first thing ada uh the first name ada put was faker so I- there you go. Or, or little O2. He's the yeah, like the youngest uh, between owner Guma and Keria. Literally the same year, zero two. Yeah, or our little Magnae after Zeus. So I guess since a- um, Ada has mentioned about Faker, I'd like to. Um, I wouldn't say mine is a simping specifically. Um, but I'd like to show my appreciation to Dev, especially seeing his run from the play-ins all the way to uh, the upcoming semifinals now. Um, Dev is that type of player that uh, I watch eSport, I guess, compared to, let's say, on a bit more recently. I started watching in like 2019 or the sort, and Dev... Even though I've heard of his greatness, his performance and everything, but every time I see him play, I'm like, I'm not too sure. He looks like he looked like he has his entire his passion, his fire just, you know, gets sucked out of him. His plays are mechanically great, but it's not something like awe-inspiring, you know, until I saw his worlds run this year. Until actually no. From his gauntlet all the way to this upcoming semifinals, I see that fire of passion for the game being reignited in him once more. And now I kind of get it. I get why everyone say Dev is someone who should be in the Hall of Fame. And I feel like it's a shame that 
he's probably going to the military next year, and we're, we're only gonna see this fire um, burn for another year or so. But because of that, I just want to show my appreciation to him and, you know, our support for him and to just, you know, continue supporting until uh, whenever he decided to take a step back. But for whatever short time that he has right now, I hope that he still plays with that fiery passion in his performance. So yeah, that is all for today's discussion. So guys, what do you think? I feel like the talk has been a bit depressing since we talk about like, you know, retirement and everything, right? But at least hopefully um, it's been informative and, you know, it sheds some light into some questions that the listeners might have. So before we close, um, anyone want to give a shout out, maybe? Shout out to Sylvie. Yeah. She has COVID, so she couldn't join us yes. today. Oh, I hope you get know. Sorry, I'm kind of out of the loop because of finals. <laughs> but yeah, Sylvie, get well soon. We love you. Shout out to you. Maxi, do you have anyone to, sh- to give a shout out to? Um, Shout out to any man. I'm going to let... um. Just a spoiler, I'll finally be in the next episode after like mi- after missing two episodes. And to the listeners, hopefully you can listen to Animen too if you want to listen to uh, listen about LCS. Definitely. Also, shout out to Yuna and Anne for getting all the information for the podcast. I like literally did nothing, just came here and said stuff. But like they researched and did smart people stuff. You don't have stuff. to say that. Come on. Well, <laughs> it's true. Like, yeah, you know who is more good than us? Shout out to Jason. She has been shown this world. Like the fact that she held back her tears to make sure that she she can translate Dev's interview during like when when he won his quarter games. I, I don't think if I'm the translator in that position, I could do that. So, shout out to Jisan. And you're my favorite sister-in-law, too. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's my shout out for today. Yeah. All right. I will, I will keep Anne's ranting in the background as she continued to um, argue her case of why Jisan is her sister-in-law. But yeah, I'd like to give a final uh, shout out to all of the teams in the semifinals. Um, hopefully, no one gets cr- um, struck by COVID twice, three times. Hopefully not. I hope you prepare well. You have ample of time. Make sure you have a day off to actually enjoy Atlanta. I heard the view is great there. The food should be great there as well. Try the hot chicken. And hopefully, um, when semifinals come, we'll get treated to... A banger series of games so yeah that's all for the meta today thank you for tuning in and hopefully we'll see you next time bye guys <laughs>